0: This is WrestleZone Radio, presented by WrestleZone.com. Find us on iTunes. Welcome back to WrestleZone Radio, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Nick Housman, and it is a big day for radio content here from WrestleZone. Right now, we are about to throw over to the Impact Wrestling media call that took place here today, January 11th, featuring Scott D'Amore and Don Callis, the new heads of creative for Impact Wrestling, or I should say, two-thirds of the heads of Creative for Impact Wrestling. We're going to jump to that call here in progress in just a moment. But before we throw over to that, I also want to let you know to keep your eyes and ears peeled to the WrestleZone radio stream today as we have a brand-new interview with Reality of Wrestling and Heated Conversations, Brad Gilmore, talking all about Booker T's mayoral ambitions and our brand-new Row. Thursday's feature here on WrestleZone. Of course, every Thursday night now around 7 to 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, you could go over to WrestleZone's Facebook page and find a brand new row seminar hosted live by the one and only five-time, five-time, five-time champion and WWE Hall of Famer Booker T. Check it out tonight over on the WrestleZone Facebook page and every Thursday night. And now we take you to the Impact Wrestling call in progress. All right,
1: media, we will open it up for questions for two thirds of our executive team
2: here. And uh, please, you have a question, Star Six, and identify yourself and your media outlet.
3: Hi, both. Hope um, you hope you're well and enjoying the uh, the Orlando Sun. Um, this is Tony from Steel Chair Magazine. Um, just had a question in, in regards to um, announcing Austin Aries was was your champion. Obviously, the tapings are happening at the moment, and in in previous times of Impact, stuff like that hadn't been announced. What what was the thinking behind that, and is that part of the new regime? Uh,
2: Scott here, and I mean, I think I think part of that was uh, certainly when uh, coming in here, we're looking to uh, tackle some things in some different ways and. And, uh, you know, a lot of times over the years, uh, things have been reported everywhere else other than by us. So it's certainly something that's new that we're trying. And uh, we're, going to, uh, we're going to monitor it, see how it works, see what the response is to it. And, uh, you know, like everything else under here, we're just uh, getting our feet wet. And it's going to be a feeling out process. And we'll, uh, we'll find uh, what we feel is the right path and what's working best. And we'll, uh, you know, move
3: forward in that direction.
1: That's great. Thanks. Hey guys, Vijay from kira here. So I have a question for both of you. Um, so when I last spoke to Scott, I uh, had a one-on-one conversation with Scott. He mentioned that uh, performers from Impact Wrestling may now carry their IP outside the company. And uh, recently we saw a picture of Ed Nodholm and Matt Hardy on Twitter shaking hands. Uh, did of you have something to do with
2: that? Uh, it's Scott again here. Everything that we do here, uh, you know, we have a management team in place with Ed Nordholm, uh, Dawn, and myself. And you know, what we try to do is we try to make decisions as a group. As you're aware from our conversation and from many other sources, we've uh, we've made a pretty drastic change in how we handle the IP. As we want to empower the wrestlers to be able to to, to feel that they. They have ownership of that IP, and they have the comfort of knowing that they'll always be able to use it. So, yeah, we sat down as a group, and uh, it's important that uh, that uh, all wrestlers past and present know that that right is available to them, and uh, that respect and that uh, relationship is available to everybody, including Matt Hardy, who's a wonderful talent, who's had a great history here with his company. So it was great that we were being able to put that to bed and move forward and uh, have a great relationship with uh with matt and the hardy family like we have for many many years and we wish them the ultimate success um you know in their
0: great war wherever it shall take them hi this is bq from the impact lounge um this question is for either of you whoever like to answer it other companies have been making some pretty big moves recently regarding their women's division making them more exciting even though the impact knockouts have technically implemented many of these concepts first. Have you been working on any ideas to take the knockouts to that next level? And specifically, could we see the return of the knockouts tag team titles? Thank you.
2: Uh, It's Scott here. Uh, Obviously the knockouts are a very uh, rich part of our history here. And uh, it's something that I feel very strongly about as I was myself and Dutch Mantell were kind of the team that oversaw the launching of the knockouts division. And as you see, we're starting to bring in uh, some additional knockouts. You'll also be hearing some things in the future about us going out and looking at scouting events to scout future knockouts. And certainly, uh, it's very important that we find fresh talent, both, both uh, female and male, of course. And we do look forward to uh, having the knockouts be a, continue to be and grow to be even more a big part of uh, Impact Wrestling. Hey, this is John from impactasylum.net. Uh, my question is for Don. First of all, Don, welcome back. Uh, my question is, you know, you've mentioned and name-dropped Japan. You've name-dropped Chris Jericho since being on this call. What everybody really wants to know is, what's the state of the relationship with Impact Wrestling in New Japan? Do you see partnerships on the horizon? And what's the chance of maybe making it rain in 2018?
4: Um. Yes, well, I'll be, I'll be careful, not. I think I mean, maybe I'll name drop Hulk Hogan as well, <laughs> but, so let's get <laughs> started. <laughs> um, now, uh, well, you know, I think that we as, uh, as a new organization, and I say new because of the new management, and there very much is new attitude here. Our attitude is that the days of thinking from an uh, insular perspective, from a territorial perspective, that that's old-school thinking. Uh, very much how we moved on the IP protection. Uh, we're moving away from those institutionalized old-school paradigms uh, and moving towards a, a future where um, you have to embrace what's going on in the business. And what's going on in the business is, to an incre- increasing extent, never before seen in the, in the history of the business, the power is in the hands of the wrestlers. They have social media, they have t-shirt stores, They have an ability to promote themselves in a way that guys like me who came up in the 90s never could. So I think you have to either get on the steamroller or you can stand in front of it. Uh, We prefer to be on top of the steamroller on this. And that means we're very open uh, to working with anyone, not just New Japan, but also Ring of Honor uh, and and any other promotion. I mean, I think you have to be, none of us are Vince McMahon. And I think that people who try to be Vince McMahon are going to fail miserably. So there's enough business for everyone that we can all work together and do well. And again, whether that's you know working with, with, uh, with any of the promotions in the U.S., Mexico, Europe, we're open to all of that, not just New Japan. People talk about New Japan because of Kenny Omega, and I get it, and because I'm there. But when I'm there, I'm not there as Executive Vice President of Impact Wrestling. When I'm there, I'm there as the color commentator, period. I don't recruit talent. And I don't, I don't talk that kind of business. They're
3: paying me to, to be the best color commentator in the industry, and that's what I do. Hi, guys. It's Tony again from Steelchair. Sorry if I'm jumping on in front of anyone. But um, just a quick question. In, in regards to the, the tapings, um, is there a plan to go back to Ottawa after the success you guys had there? Or is, is the plan now to to go back to Orlando and remain there. It's probably easier for both of you to go back to Ottawa, to be honest, but uh, interested in your thoughts. Um, I'm sorry, Scott,
2: was your, your question was, are we going to be continuing to take out of Orlando? Was that the question? Correct,
3: yeah, or if there was any plans to go back to, to Canada
2: there's, I mean, we're certainly, like we said, I mean, in a, you know, I don't want to keep making it sound like we're punching down the road, but we're, we literally sit here on day 11, um, you know, in office, and we, uh, we're evaluating lots of things. We've had a wonderful relationship with Universal Studios over the years, but uh, we do feel strongly that it's important that in multiple ways we get out in front of wrestling fans uh, in, in, in the U.S. and hopefully around the world. And so I certainly think that there's a very good uh, chance that you'll see us filming uh, again in Canada and also probably other U.S. locations. Um, you know, doesn't mean that we won't return to, to Universal Studios Orlando because, like I said, we have had a great rapport, but we will be getting out there both with, with live events and with, uh, with uh, you know, the Twitch announced and, co- and providing content for for Twitch and the other digital platforms. Like with our GWN offering, we're going to be getting out there doing events and getting content out to people in in so many different ways, which is a great part of being in you know 2018. Is all the different delivery systems that are out there, but certainly even our flagship Impact, uh, I would expect to see it you know in 2018 being being filmed in other locations as well.
3: Uh, hello, gentlemen. David Dunn here with the New Zealand uh, Pro Wrestling Informer. Uh, you just touched on it, then, Scott. So I guess I'll direct my question to you. Um, what is this Twitch deal you mentioned? I have missed the news of that. Saw the picture of the Twitch logo on the ring apron. Uh, what's the relationship uh, between Twitch and him, wrestling? Uh, well, I mean, as you saw, I mean Twitch is is,
2: uh, is getting into the wrestling business. They've been doing, <clears throat> excuse me, they've been doing things with uh, with Tommy Dreamer and House of Hardcore, which is a great organization. You'll also be seeing a, uh, an impact channel on Twitch, where we'll be providing both uh, historical content, like library content, as well as original programming, and not just wrestling content, but uh, but also other things where you get to see behind that fourth wall, and you get to see the, the wrestlers in, uh, in a non-studio setting, not just seeing them at the arena, not just seeing them backstage on a set, but you're getting to see a you know, peek at their personal lives and different, uh, different aspects of their lives because that's certainly something that, uh, that fans are interested in. So, it's a pretty exciting opportunity for us. Uh, Twitch is a, is a, is a, is a, a great uh, company, it's uh, certainly out there on the cutting edge and we'll be providing, like I said, uh, round-the-clock content which will be a combination, obviously, of mainly library uh, content um, that we have and we have a great library here. And then also uh, providing them events that will be exclusive to Twitch, maybe with some, you know, like some live events and then also filmed uh, uh, you know, taped events and, and some live events with talent that will, like I said, take you into their homes and into different aspects of their lives so you can get to know them better.
4: Hi there. This is
2: uh, Zach McGee from the Hannibal TV YouTube channel. I was just wondering, uh, why did you go back to the four sides uh, as compared to the six-sided ring?
4: Um, when uh, I think when Scott and I first started talking about it, with both of us having been former professional wrestlers, um, we both, I think, uh, we both shared the view that primary importance is, is um, creating an environment where the talent can flourish um, from, from top to bottom. And one of the things I think is is the ring. Um, from all the feedback that I've certainly ever gotten, talent prefers the four-sided ring, it's a better ring to bump in, it's a better ring to do spots, hit the ropes, whatever. Um, so we wanted, and, and I, I felt like the only argument that I'd ever heard for six sides was that it's different And my comment to Scott at the time uh, was, well, it would be different to have a ring with no ropes, but no one would do that. So it's like, let's not be too cute by half. This is professional wrestling. Professional wrestling rings have four sides. Let's create an environment where the talent can flourish. And, you know, not that this is why we made the decision, but the Twitter feedback that I got, personally at least, I think Scott would probably echo this, you know, the, the switching the ring from six to four sides was a very common tweet that I would get in terms of people offering free advice. So, um, so I guess we took the advice. We
1: get a uh, email question from Lee Mead of Scotland's Live Radio. The key feature of Impact in recent months has been the inclusion of individual matches from other worldwide promotions. Has the inclusion of these matches purely been to highlight the availability of the organizations on the global wrestling network, or will these continue any, uh, an impact moving forward?
2: Well, I think that it's it certainly proved that those, those segments have been uh, something that can, uh, can add another dimension to the product. Uh, and, you know, we're always looking at, uh, at different ways to, to tackle things differently. Uh, some of the promotions you've seen on there are uh, promotions that have content, or will have content shortly available on the Global Wrestling Network. But uh, that, that's not a requirement to do so. You'll be seeing um, content from, from other other providers, other promotions that you know we're, we're happy to work with. It's not you 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 know, hey, if you want to work with us, you need to give us your content, uh, you know, or, or license your content to us for the uh, for the app. Uh, it's basically a chance for us to get out there in other settings it helps uh, it helps us get out to other places and in front of other wrestling fans and it also provides some exposure for uh, for the other companies the, the companies that we'll work with in doing that and get our talent out in different settings and doing things that we can integrate into our show so certainly I see it uh, having a part of uh, being a part of impact wrestling going forward and it's not just exclusive to to our partnership promotions. It's open and out there. We want to have a a pretty open-door open, open door policy, and if there's a way that we can work with other groups that is mutually beneficial, then uh, we're happy and excited to explore
3: that. Hi, guys. It's Tony from Steel Chair again. Um, just had a question regarding some of the um, rumoured contracts that seem to be coming up. To, to the end of their October, at the end of this year, the likes of Lashley, ET3 and Eddie Edwards. Um, what are your thoughts on retaining those guys? And is that going to be the policy going forward? Are we going to be looking to bring new talent in? I'm sorry, I'm going to need
2: you to repeat that question.
3: Yeah, sorry. It was it was in regards to the um, the rumored contract expiries for the likes of EC3, Lashley, and, and Eddie Edwards that that are rumored to, to be coming up shortly. Um, just whether or not, I mean, the focus is going to be retaining those guys, or are you going to be equally looking at bringing in new guys? Uh,
2: I think there's always got to be a combination of uh, established talent here at Impact, as well as uh, as well as also uh, an an influx of new talent. And that's not something that's unique to impact in in this industry and really enters any sports or entertainment uh, form. You always need to have a flux. I mean, that brings a freshness to it. We obviously, uh, you know, value greatly our legacy talent and talent that has a rich history here. But this is a business where sometimes you work together and sometimes you part ways. And ultimately, as we've seen throughout history, oftentimes you come back to work together again. So we, we do have somewhat of a fluid idea of how talent can move in a new world that provides so many freedoms. And uh, we certainly always look to continue to work with talents that we can, uh, we can have a situation where, it's, uh, where they're comfortable and their best interest to stay here, and we feel that it's uh, the company's best interest and we can continue to uh, work together. When there's times come that uh, it's time to part ways and say, see you down the road, then we'll, we'll uh, work with that talent collaboratively the same way as we do throughout their entire run on, uh, on how to uh, move on so they can move on to the next stage of their uh, career and we can move on and introduce uh, a new talent that gets an opportunity to have a platform to build their own brand Hey, guys, this is Graham Romina with inroad.com. This question is for Don. Uh, Will you have a similar role to Jimmy Jacobs on Impact, where you will work both behind the scenes as well as an on-air role of some kind?
4: Sorry, uh, can you repeat the question?
2: Sure, yeah, sorry about that. Um, I was just curious as to whether you're going to have a role similar to Jimmy Jacobs on Impact, where you're going to be working both behind the scenes as well as have an on-air role of some kind? So,
4: sorry, your question is, Will Jimmy Jacobs be working both on air and behind the scenes?
2: Well, you will have a similar role to Jimmy Jacobs.
4: Oh, will I have that? Yes. Oh, um, well, well. Given that uh, m- most of the feedback I've gotten from bed is, please don't put yourselves on television. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Scott and I never did a good job on TV. No one wants to see us. I have no plans to be in front of a camera. Um, a lot of people speculated that I might revitalize the kind of uh, uh, ECW network, Mr. McMahon-esque gimmick, uh, authority figure thing. One of the things I firmly believe coming in is that the authority figure character in wrestling is overdone. Uh, I, I thought it was overdone when I came here in 2003 and when they had me do it. Um, but people have been doing it for 13 years after. So um, I will not be doing that um you know i just don't think i think uh, scott and i both um like to think that we're we're good performers in front of the camera but we're, we're trust me we're busy enough dealing with everything else uh to do that i you know i also found i think scott would probably echo it when i promoted my own shows small as they were when i was a uh, talent and booking the show and being involved in every aspect something suffers either, either your are behind the scenes stuff or you're on camera. So I don't think that's at all. I think that's suboptimal. So um, you won't be seeing me on TV uh, at least until they perfect hair transplant surgery. That was a joke by the way. You can laugh. It's okay. Hey Scott and Don Andre Corbiel coming to you from Canada's wrestling capital, Calgary,
5: Alberta, Canada, with a question for each of you now, Scott, I haven't had the pleasure of talking to you since I interviewed you for Wrestle Kingdom 9, and I have an interesting question. Hopefully, you guys can uh, share regarding Twitch. Now, I worked for the Hearts up here for their wrestling promotion, and I know that you do not put anything on the skirt unless there's some sort of deal going on there or mixed promotion or whatnot. So, could Scott, could you please... uh, divulge some information in that regard.
2: Well, I mean, I think I kind of covered it earlier in the call. Uh, you know, Twitch is a is a, is a is a great new platform out there, delivering delivering content to fans all over the world. And we're excited to be a part of that uh, that system. You've seen it with House of Hardcore. Um, we're now excited to be uh, to to have an opportunity to uh, to be part of the you know the uh, the Twitch verse and be out there and part of that in another way to not just deliver wrestling content, but also a uh, behind-the-scenes, inside-the-lives-of look at uh, many of our talent.
4: And I know that the caller meant to say that Winnipeg was the wrestling capital of the world, not Calgary. Uh, And if any further evidence is necessary, I would just mention the Mount Rushmore of wrestling in Winnipeg, Roddy Piper, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and the great one himself, yours truly. Thank you very much.
5: Of course, he
4: does work for the heart.
5: I hear your argument there, Don, but uh, we'll respectfully disagree in that regard. Now, how has it been so far? How has it been so far since your return? It's been a number of years, and I think all of us are happy to see you back.
4: Thanks, man. Uh, Yeah, no, it's, it's really, you know, what's great is being around the boys, and that's the part about the business that I missed. Um, and I think that, um, you know, in many respects, everything I've done in the business up till this point has kind of been preparing me for, for a role like this, and so um, it just feels really good to be. It's a steep learning curve. I haven't been around a television um, taping situation in many years, so I'm kind of drinking from the fire hose, as they like to say, um, but, you know, kind of getting my feet underneath me. And, um, you know, I, I love interacting with the talent, and we've got some great talent here and uh, great people working in the office. So. It's, uh, it's an it's a intensive experience, learning experience, but I'm having
0: fun. You may now ask your question. Hi, guys. This is Nick Hausman with WrestleZone.com. And uh, I was wondering um, what from the past uh, with Impact Wrestling do you think that we're not going to see any more of now that you guys uh, have some control?
2: I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I didn't catch that.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, I just wanted to know, you know, now that you guys are in there, Impact has such a long history. What from the past in Impact do you think we're not going to see any more of now that you guys have some control?
2: What are, what are we not going to see?
0: Yeah, what will fans not be seeing that will be different from the Impact product? What from the past in Impact that we saw quite a bit do you think we'll not see anymore with you guys in control?
2: I mean, I guess that's an interesting question, as most of the questions have been uh, directed at what we will, what they will see. Um, I think what uh, what what you won't see is decisions made for anything other than what uh, we, as a group, feel is best for the company. Um, you won't see our talent put in a situation where they where they feel like they're treated as assets and not human beings. Uh, you won't see a situation where there's a hierarchy that isn't open to to uh, to uh, to input and uh, creative collaboration. And uh, I have to honestly put an asterisk there and say that in uh, some of my time in TNA, I saw all those things um, you know that I mentioned not happening, not happen, and I saw great environments. But as you as you look for what not to see, then. Uh, I think for you you, you not to see an authority figure both uh, in front of the camera or behind the ring that tries to run things unilaterally.
0: Great. Thank you. Muted.
2: Hey, guys. This is Graham Romino with InRote.com again. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors in regards to pay-per-views coming back, such as lockdown in a few months, anything else you can offer on lockdown and other pay-per-views possibly being brought back to the pay-per-view schedule in 2018. We're currently evaluating our, our pay-per-view schedule and uh, certainly in a, a world that's ever changing when it comes to content delivery, um, the pay-per-view business has, has changed as there's been so many other ways now for people to, uh, to, to receive uh, content and to follow a product that they're passionate about. Uh, but pay-per-view will be an area of business that we will continue to, to look at and to grow. It's, uh, it's currently under evaluation. And we're excited to get back out there in April uh, with a live pay per view in front of in front of a great crowd. And there'll be a lot of announcements coming about that uh, shortly.
1: Scott, that's a, we'll follow that up with an email question from Gurr of uh, Real Sport. What's your honest opinion of the one night only pay per views? And his next question, I think he just answered, is Lockdown coming back as a live pay per view?
5: Well, like
2: I said, the the pay-per-view system uh, that we we currently have is under review um, and it's under review from from top to bottom in how we handle things. We'll be be coming out of these tapings and going right into corporate meetings where the path will be set on a lot of those things. Um, The one-night-only concept is an interesting one. I think we've maybe got some ways to look at it and do it uh, in some uh, some different ways uh, than it's been done in the past. In part of our uh, our plans to expand and uh, and and have events in in different parts of the country and hopefully eventually the world, and one night only can certainly play a valuable role in that uh, in that repositioning for the company.
3: Hey guys, Ryan Bowman from thegrillposition.com. <clears throat> Scott, uh, you've helped a lot launch a lot of careers up with Border City Wrestling. I'm wondering how much you guys will rely on that territory for developmental purposes, and what other territories you might look at to help develop young talent. I
2: mean, I think I think in this day and age, I mean, it's almost passe to say look at a territory because there's there's so much cross pollination from area to area, and more so than ever, guys are getting out and working in different places which i think is fantastic and something that i've encouraged for, for all the years that i've been involved in, in training and developing talent uh border city wrestling is primarily whether i'm involved with impact or not a company that's we've always seen our prime purpose as giving an opportunity and a platform for young talent to come in and work in a tv environment for when they get opportunities with impact wrestling or ring of honor or wwe or wherever it be um, so we like to develop them both as wrestlers and as television performers. So if there's somebody there that, uh, that can contribute, then we'll certainly look at having them here in the same context. If they're in Defy Wrestling in Seattle, or if they're in uh, uh, FWS in Vegas, or if they're, uh, they're with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, or uh, they can rattle off 30 more names. If there's a talent out there that we think is a right fit for what we're doing and there's a there's a relationship to be had there that's mutually beneficial, then we're going to explore that. We will be out there looking for talent. It's important that we get talent uh, from all different areas in the U.S., from Canada, and as we live in a global and worldwide market, I think it's important that we get out there and we get uh, talent from all different areas of the world because, I mean, the days of uh, territorializing things I think are – are uh, are you know somewhat behind us and we have to understand that uh that that everything not just the wrestling business is, is now a worldwide scale and uh we need to go out there and if we want to be a part of that market we need to have have competitors and performers that uh, represent what's out there in the world these days
3: hi gentlemen it's uh, dan from total wrestling show over here in the uk uh, two quick kind of questions. I'm sure they are probably linked. Uh, one is the potential rumor of Rey Mysterio joining Impact Wrestling. I wonder if you can give us an update on that, or anything you can say on that. And the other one, it's, it's a bit of an old um, old question, which comes up a lot in these conference calls, especially from the UK side. But is there any plan to do a UK tour again?
4: Um, you know, I've, I've read a lot of rumors about different talents. Um, you know, there's um, there's the one you mentioned. Uh, I've read a bunch of stuff about Chris Jericho coming here, which if he is, it'd be nice if he would tell me since we've been friends for 25 years. Um, so, I, you know, I kind of don't put a lot of stock in, in rumors. I think, you know, people look at who's available out there and then more important, I think fans look at who they'd like to see and I totally get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't typically put a ton of stock into rumors. In terms of a UK tour, uh, Scott could probably talk more to that. I mean, uh, I certainly it's something I would like to do because I know the fans in the UK are super passionate about wrestling, and um, it's one of the places that I never got to go when I was an active wrestler. So, uh,
2: obviously, the UK has uh, been a huge market for this company historically, just like it's been a huge market for the wrestling business. Uh, you know. Going back to the, to the days of World of Sport and all through uh, the UK's history and the revitalization over there on a, on a homegrown and domestic level has been unbelievable over the last many years. And uh, we're excited and, uh, and uh, really stoked here to, to be working with uh, and partnered with Spike UK. And part of it is getting our product out there in television variety, the other thing is obviously getting out there engaging fans with live events. So I certainly think as we, as we move forward in 2018 and beyond, getting out there and, and getting in front of all those great UK fans is uh, certainly something that, uh, that, uh, that we want to do. And frankly, I think if any wrestling organization in the world truly wants to be a player, then uh, I think if they're looking to do that and not get out to the UK when it's such a hot market, then they probably need to, to reevaluate their business sense.
3: Hi guys it's Tony from Steel Chair again. Um, just had a quick question in regards to your partnership with um, AAA and NOAA. is that still is that still an ongoing thing?
2: Um, we have we have a, a open door policy has been discussed that we that we want to work with as many good and promotions out there that uh, they are when it makes sense to work with them. Uh, certainly our partners that we established in 2017. Have uh, have been good to us, uh, as you can see. Uh, you know, uh, Ishimori is here in uh, in Orlando with us. He's our ex division champion, and uh, we're excited to have a performer like that here. And uh, we also have Fantasma uh, here, who's uh, who's, a, who's a great uh, lucha star. And uh, you know, we want to focus on bringing in great talent from uh, from around the world. And unlike uh, you know, historically in wrestling. If, uh, if there's a talent out there that we can work with or a promotion out there that we can work with, we're not going to get overly really bogged down in what the initials are and what the history of it is. Uh, we really want to be collaborative with people to put out the best possible product.
6: Good morning, Mr. Callis and Mrs. DeMore. This is Big Ray from OneWrestling.com. Thank you for spending some time with us here today. My question to you both is uh, aesthetics are a huge part of a TV show. And obviously you gentlemen are producing a a TV show along with a sports entertainment event. Now, my question is what are the things that are going to change in the look of impact wrestling for TV viewers? And are there going to be any changes? I think, I think we've asked this question a few times regarding the titles themselves I've, I've received some, you know, negative feedback regarding the look of the titles. It, it looks too much like GFW or it's an Impact logo over the GFW title belt. Are there going to be any changes moving forward regarding the aesthetics of the show itself and the titles? Thank you for your time, gentlemen.
2: Yeah, I think if you look at things, uh, as you, if, if you've uh, seen the, the ring uh, somehow got set up with two of the sides missing, so we think that's a bit of an aesthetic change. Uh, the the ropes um, are a different color, I believe I noticed, and uh, I didn't see a lot of green in, uh, in any of our logos. So I think there's been some aesthetic changes. We'll certainly consider to evaluate and uh, and and change that and evolve that as we go. And I hope everybody takes my my comments tongue in cheek uh, as the as the you know like. Uh, the lightweight that they're provided for a little levity here hard to tell when you guys can't laugh and put me over when I make a joke um, But yeah, we'll certainly continue to evaluate the look and We need to look for different looks and feels for the show. The show is, uh, has looked very similar for a lot of years And we're going to get down to evaluating and trying some things both location-wise and the looks of the of the, the impact zone wherever it may be and how to, uh, to do things that look different and unique We'll certainly be exploring that uh, while not trying to mess with the, the core model of what wrestling is. And uh, the championship belt, obviously, uh, is something that everybody cares greatly about. And part of it is, guys, again, day 11, we needed to get in here and do things with these tapings coming up so quickly. Uh, there certainly will be new title belts for April uh, is our target. So by the time you see the, the, the next uh, event after what we, we have here, uh in january what we're doing there will be uh there will be new championship belts to uh to reflect the uh the changes in the company and try to uh, establish an identity going forward
5: hello there it's francis reyes from in pop and my question is one of the early questions about the uk and um, so um, have you got any plans maybe in 2018 or 29 uh both Um, to maybe do impact tapings in the UK for instance, and also, or maybe do something with World of Sports? I'm sorry, can you say the second part of that again? I'm saying literally, would you, or would you be doing something with World of Sports for instance, like doing like a a show with them if the opportunity arises.
2: Well, I mean, I think I think there's a couple of things. One, like we said, we certainly want to get out in uh, in front of the UK uh, fans in a, in a personal uh, setting, in a live event setting. Uh, doing television out of the UK would be uh, would be fantastic uh, if we can uh, if we can get to uh, that point again. We've done it in the past, and it was I think quite successful. And uh, as for World of Sport, uh, oh, yeah. part of my heritage is uh, British. And having an opportunity to have been over there and wrestled there and done the holiday camps and everything, uh, I spent a lot of time watching uh, watching old PAL tapes of World of Sport, and I, I uniquely, I think, for a somewhat outsider, understand the significance culturally and historically of World of Sport. And uh, that's one of the things I was really excited about when there was the opportunity potentially to work with uh, to work with uh, work on the relaunch of a World of, of uh, World of Sport before um disappointed it didn't happen and if that opportunity ever comes up again in the future and we can be a part of that and uh work to make that a reality and we would uh i think we would we would be very open and excited for an opportunity like that regardless of a world of sport opportunity i think you'll certainly see an increased presence by impact in the uk market
5: Hi, it's Steve Herman from the Buzzers Wrestling Podcast. If it's any conversation, first of all, Scott and Don, I did laugh at your jokes earlier on while I was on mute, but uh, two questions, if that's okay. Uh, First of all, very quickly, Austin Aries, how quickly did that uh, idea materialize and the storyline idea to put the belt on him straight away? And secondly, in terms of Britain, um, British Boot Camp was one of the old ideas from Impact TNA, which... I thought was quite popular, you found Rockstar Spud and Mark Andrews. Would you be tempted to do a show like that again or do you think it's just easier to cherry-pick the bigger British talent pool that there is now?
2: I'm um, sorry, guys. And some of the, it's, it's difficult to, uh, to hear on the connection we have here, but uh, I, I think your first part of the question was in reference to to Austin Aries. Uh, Austin yes. is a is, is a tremendous talent who has a long history with this with this company here, um, and certainly being able to to bring him back in the fold and get him in the in the mix is a great opportunity for us. Um, you know, he's at a place I think in his career where he's uh, he's hungry and he's got a mindset that I think uh, aligns with a lot of the things that we're looking to do here, which is to create a positive environment. And uh, provide a platform for talent to collaborate. And so far, as this has developed over the, the many weeks of of, uh, of working through the logistics of having him return, it has been uh, it's been a wonderful process. It's been a very open, collaborative process, and uh, he's been uh, he's been a, a true class act and, and gentleman and professional. And uh, when individuals act like that, we're we're excited to, to work with them. And when they have the type of uh, respected notoriety that uh, that uh, Austin has in the industry, then uh, then we're even more excited. And then uh, certainly with Austin, there's always the the idea that uh, there's an unpredictability to them, and a little bit of that never hurt a product either. Second part of your question, I unfortunately have to ask you to repeat.
5: Uh, no problem. It was in terms of searching for the the talent pool in britain um one of the previous things you did was the british boot camp tv show which worked very well and you found spud and and mark andrews would you be tempted to do that again or because the talent pool in britain i'd argue is bigger now is it easier to just cherry pick who's there and bring them straight in
2: well, I mean, I think there's, uh, I mean, it, it does, I don't know if it necessarily needs to be one or the other. There's a tremendous talent pool in the U.K. right now um, of, of uh, guys out there and, and girls that uh, certainly uh, deserve opportunities on a, on a broader scale. Uh, but with that said, that's still, I mean, one of the great things about British Boot Camp, I think, was the ability to get to to see and understand and have a connection with these aspiring talents. And I think anything that does that is certainly uh would never be something we'd take off the table from exploring and uh, as you said it proved to be a successful concept both in the sense that it was well received and uh and fans enjoyed it and uh, also that as you you stated it found two tremendous talents that i think uh Mm -hmm. that i think are very highly respected in the uh in the industry so uh you know, it's certainly something we look at, especially as we look to expand our uh, ability to deliver content in multiple fashions and on multiple platforms. Uh, I would love to see a situation where we're doing things like uh, like uh, British Boot Camp and, you know, it would be great if we're out there doing things in, you know, Australia and China and India and all the other markets around the world. Um, so anything we can do that provides compelling uh, programming and, and viewing for our fans and uh, anything that allows us to go out there and, uh, and grow in a global market we're certainly, certainly very interested in.
0: Hey, Scott and Don. it's Mike Johnson from PW Insider. Thanks for uh, joining us this morning.
5: Um, obviously, there's a lot of a lot of work here and a lot of heavy lifting to be done. What are the biggest obstacles in your mind uh, when
6: it comes to clearing away all the debris of what's come before and trying to repair the goodwill with the audience?
4: Well, I think it's, um, it's almost like, if I can use a sports analogy, you know, NFL, you hire a new coach and GM. I think you've got a short honeymoon period and I think you have to make the most of that. And I think you have to not tell the fans, Uh, what you're going to do in in the context of what you're asking, but you have to show them. So that goes from how you treat your talent to what you present as a product, how you treat the fans, and how you engage. And so I think that I haven't spent a lot of time looking at what happened before. Um, I've said before, I mean, I I left here in 04 and really wasn't following the product. I I think my goal in coming in and talking with Scott was... Look, I, we don't care what has gone on here before in a negative sense. Let's focus on delivering the type of product um, that wrestling fans want to see, and let's make this place a, a destination uh, both for talents and fans. So, less concerned about what happened before, and, and in fact, I, I don't really, I don't pay a ton of attention to that. We're really focused on kind of moving forward and, and, uh, and making sure that we're a product out there that fans are happy with.
2: Yeah, just um, to follow up on, uh, on Don's thing, I think the, the important thing is, I think there's been a lot of times in here where uh, the idea has been to try to, to shake things up, turn it around immediately, and that, uh, that's an approach that, that, that rarely works. I think the proven approach uh, really in, in any type of business uh, whether it be entertainment business sports business or whether it be whether it be running a construction company or a, or a coffee shop is that uh, there's a lot of little things that need to be done to lead to to better times and it's, it's not going to be one flash decision it's not going to be one signing it's not going to be um, it's not going to be you know one move that changes the world of Impact Wrestling. What it's going to be is a group of people getting up every morning and working very hard and diligently to, uh, to grow this company. It's gonna take a lot of small, smart decisions to, uh, to let this company be in a position to grow. And as Don touched on, an important thing is building trust. The trust has to be built with fans, the trust has to be built with wrestlers, the trust has to be built with other people out there in the wrestling industry. And, uh, again, to echo Don's sentiments, you know, we can say it all we want, and I think people would love to see that happen. But it, uh, as we sit here at the beginning of 2018, anyone that sits in the seat and says, hey, we're going to be better, we're going to treat people better, we're going to work better with other promotions, we're going to put out a product that fans can trust, there's going to be skepticism, you know. And what we need to do is to go out and do those things. We need to consistently put out a product that fans can trust feel that they can get invested in and know that it's not going to pull the rug out from under them and we need to treat our other promotions partner or otherwise and our talent and everybody that we do business with in a proper business-like and professional manner and we do those things when we look back at the end of 2018 we're going to be in a very different position than we were than we are here at the start of 2018 and then at the end of 2019 I think we'll be looking at an even better position than we were at the end of 2018 so we're not looking to change the world overnight we're looking to do this right do it once and build a foundation that can remain for years and years to be a strong viable platform
0: hi bq again from the impact lounge promotion at this point seems to be very limited to social media and the marketing in my opinion has had a lot of room for growth are there any ideas on how to enhance promotion and marketing tactics that will provide a greater reach and greater brand awareness?
4: I, um, you know, in my part of my background in business school was um, was marketing and branding. But I can tell you this: that um, the best bet for any company in the entertainment industry or, or in the sports business is have to have the product. Um, you know, we talk about show me, not tell me. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people spend a lot of money on advertising, uh, but if the story is not accurate or the story is not true, and it's not believable, um, then you're just throwing money away. I think that before we get into too much of that end the things, I think we have to show people, and I think we started it last night with Austin Aries, we have to show people what we're about. What is what is the impact story? And once we sort that out, then I think you can start to look at some of those marketing channels. But for now, I think we need to set the table uh, with the talent and with the product we're offering and, and create, a, create a buzz because, you know, the best media is earned media, not bought media. You know, we want people, want fans on social media talking about what a hot product this is. And uh, if you look at, you know, the power I talked about in the hands of individuals, how social media is used, um, we, we need to find better ways to leverage that. But in order to do that, we have to have a story to tell. And it can't be a story where people say, we've heard this before. Um, it's like, yeah, these guys said they're going to do it, and then they did it, and that speaks to the trust that Scott talked about earlier. Matt,
6: my question is this. You guys have mentioned about the coming and going of talent. But in the past, there's also been discussions
2: of having talent that's a core group of talent, a smaller group. Uh, Who on the current roster, both male and female, would you identify as being some of that core talent
0: that you'd like to keep for the next three to five years?
4: Um, You know, I think where that comes from is, is, you know, I've certainly talked about my booking influences, among others, being kind of on the one end of the spectrum. W and the other end of the spectrum, All Japan in the 90s, um, and, and that kind of core group of you know six guys on top that All Japan kind of had um, that we would look to do, so, or six wrestlers. Um, you know who those wrestlers are. I mean that that's that's a that's a process that is going to unfold. I think in the next few weeks on television, um, and that that group is not it's not a set group. I mean we're, we'd be foolish to have Here's our six talents that we're we're going to build this around, and then you know a seventh or an eighth get over or come in, and we say no, you're not going to be part of the six. I mean, I think we have to let some of that happen organically, and I also think it has to very much be an evergreen strategy where um, we have the ability um, to uh, to switch those talents in and out uh, as necessary. So I think it'll be an iterative process, and, and we'll have to see how it unfolds.
1: Apple's changed that. But. Hello, Vidya uh, from Sportskita. My question is uh, there's been a lot of speculation that uh, during the recent round of taping. Is there any truth Um Sorry, uh, again, the connection here. Can you repeat the question a little more slowly here for
4: our connection?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there was a, uh, there was a lot of speculation that Moose was injured at the recent round of taping. Is there any truth to the thing? Oh, uh,
4: Moose tweaked
2: his knee. We think he's being evaluated today, but we think he's going to be okay. Hey guys, <clears throat> Ryan Bowman from thegorillaposition.com again. Um, You guys are starting off a brand new year, a
3: whole brand new, basically, company from scratch almost. And uh, uh, if you were having this teleconference 12 months from now, what is the greatest accomplishment or the biggest goal you hope to achieve in the calendar year of 2017 for Impact Wrestling? Well, I think it would
4: be hard to pick out one thing. Um, I think, you know, to, to just go really high level, I think we want to have a buzz about the product. Um, you know, in the same way that if you look historically in wrestling, you know, what were the big buzzes that, that happened? You know, the, the Attitude Era, the Austin thing, NWO. You look at what's going on right now with Kenny Omega worldwide and, and, and with New Japan. Um, we want to have a buzz about the product that is second to none because I think if, if you have the buzz, then that means you're you're reaching your customers and you're reaching your fans. So I think at, at the end of this year, if we're doing that, then a lot of those other pieces fall into place because if you've got the buzz, you're going to have excess revenue. If you've got the buzz, you're going to have goodwill with fans. If you've got the buzz, you're going to increase your, your merchandise sales. So I think that buzz is innocuous as a term that is. I think if
5: we've got that, 11 months from now, we'll be in good shape. May I ask the follow This is BQ again from the Impact Lounge. Very
3: simple question because a lot of fans are very curious about this. Will we ever see another Impact Wrestling
6: video game? Uh,
2: certainly, we would, uh, we would love to explore the, the opportunities out there to do, uh, to do uh, an Impact Wrestling video game. Uh, and as we, we get out there and continue here into 2018, I'm sure it's something that we'll, we'll look to try to tackle. Uh, you know, video games are a, a huge part of culture, as, uh, as you see out there. And you look at the, uh, the, the, the explosion, really, of Twitch, which uh, started, you know, in the gaming uh, universe. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, I think would be foolish to sit here and say that we don't want to have a video game that's going to go out there and explore opportunities when opportunity presents itself that that makes sense,
4: then uh, that it would be foolish not to go down that road.
1: All righty, guys, we've gone one hour. I appreciate uh, both Scott and Dan. Uh, we're looking up for Dan for a, uh, a final thought.
4: Well, I just want to thank everyone for taking the time to talk to us. I mean, we want to be accessible to the media wherever we can. Uh, We recognize you guys have an important job to do and want to help you to do it the best way we can. Uh, Want to get the word out, of course, and uh, have an open-door policy. I think I would just say to to all the folks listening out there, um, Scott and Ed and I really want to uh, make this place somewhere It's a destination for fans and talent, but we thank you for helping us out with that. Yeah, and this is now the second uh, teleconference that I've
2: done here, and I would like to say uh, that it's uh, acknowledged and appreciate how professional uh, you guys are on these calls, and everybody has been on these calls, and uh, we're... uh, Happy, as Don said, to have uh, some communication and spoken communication. All of you guys, please blow up Ross Gorman's uh, phone and email as much as you can um, with those requests. And uh, we're excited, you know, day, day one in the studio, day uh, 11 in the uh, in the driver's seat for uh, Don, myself, and Ed. And uh, we look forward to things for 2018 and beyond, and uh, we look forward to your coverage, uh, you know, especially when you're positive up towards us, but even on those rare, rare occasions where one of you seems to not agree with us, we'll, uh, we'll, take, we'll take and uh, review both, and understand, as Don said, the role you have to play, and guys, stay with us. Stay with us, because uh, everybody loves a redemption story, and uh, Impact Wrestling is, uh, is on its path to uh, establishing a solid foundation and growing on to being a very viable company.
1: Party Media, I appreciate it. We will be back next week with another Impact Wrestling media teleconference.
5: Q and A session is over.
1: Your conference recording
5: has.